0: Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran here in Warren, Oregon. Today our gospel text is from the 15th chapter of John, the first eight verses, which read, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Each branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My father had a grapevine along the backside of his garden at our Spokane Valley home. From the one stump there are vines that stretch across the entire east-west border of the lot. I harvest gallons of grapes from which I make grape juice and jelly. I don't get as many clusters of grapes as I used to because I don't know how to prune the vines as efficiently as my father did. So production is down. Nonetheless, the stump grows the most incredible rogue vines every year. These vines do not produce any fruit. They just grow. They grow up through the nearby cherry tree. They reach over the fence and wind their way into the neighbor's tree. I have to pull for all I'm worth to tear those tendrils loose that are anchored to that tree. Some of those rogue vines are as much as 25 feet long. That's 25 feet of non-productive vines sucking nourishment that could be going into juicy grapes. In today's gospel text, Jesus talks about grapevines. The symbol of the grapevine was a very common analogy in Judaism. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, and Psalm 80 used the idea that the people of God are like a vine which God tends and from which God expects good fruit. However, the connection between Jesus as the vine and the people as the branches is new. Jesus said, I am the true vine and the father is the vine grower. There are other vines from which we humans draw life and energy, but they are false vines. They may be our job, country, recreation, team, hobbies, even our family. These will sustain us for a time, but not for the long haul. Only Jesus is sufficient for all time and more. A few verses later, Jesus adds, I am the vine, you are the branches. In other words, Jesus is the source of life. We cannot live without him. Jesus said, abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. When I cut the worthless stringers off the main vines still attached to the stump, those stringers die. They cannot sustain themselves. And we too cannot live the true life unless we abide in Christ." We can live and breathe, but we cannot live the life intended for us if we do not abide in Christ. We cannot live to our potential. We cannot live according to God's plan for us. We will not be fruitful unless we abide in Christ. Now, what does it mean to abide in Christ? To abide is a timeless commitment. Jesus is not the flavor of the month. He is here to stay. He said, abide in me as I abide in you. He did not say, abide in me or else. We follow his lead. God did not choose to sit back in heaven, removed from the pain of the difficult life in this world. Rather, he came in the form of Christ to join us in the ups and downs, the hopes and disappointments, the loves and the losses in our lives, to show us his commitment to us. He did the hard work. He took our every sin with him to the cross. In him, we are redeemed. And redemption comes with an obligation. We did not earn our salvation we cannot pay for our salvation. However, we are expected to partner in Jesus' work and we are expected to witness to his love. And that takes time, commitment, and discipline. He abides in us so that we can abide in him. He remains in us and with us so that we can remain in and with him. He gives us the strength and even the desire to serve Him and carry on His work. Colossians 2 verse 10 says, In Him you have been made complete. When we abide in Him, we are bound to Him, so that our every thought reflects His will. Our every action serves His purpose. It probably will not be easy, But Jesus promises that no matter what happens, he will be with us. No matter what happens, we have God's promise in Jesus to work for good. Next, Jesus tells us, Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. We who claim to abide in Christ, we who claim to be Christians are expected to produce fruit. In fact, Jesus says, God removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now, these are not non-believers. These are Christians, those who profess to be followers of Jesus, who have nothing to show for their faith life. Keep in mind that a branch does not live off its own fruit. The fruit is for the sake of others. So if the branch does not produce fruit, it is a detriment to the future of the species. Just as a family unit may have to cut off a relative who is sucking the lifeblood out of the family, God will prune those who are Christians in name only. Those who are self-serving rather than God-serving. Realize this circumstance would be one of our own choosing. We have to be the one to walk away from this relationship because Jesus does not give up on us. He went to the cross for us, He died for us, He rose again and rules in heaven, preparing a place for us. In fact, the resurrection is the promise that no matter what tragedy, No matter how much tragedy we endure, those hardships will never have the last word. Jesus claimed that right in our name. The next sentence in our gospel text is, Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. In other words, even when we do the right thing, we get pruned. My brother-in-law, Jim, has a horticulture degree. One year, while he was in college, Jim came home for spring break and put to use what he had learned on his mother's hedge. In other words, he did a proper trimming. When his mother saw the results, she thought he had decimated her hedge. The hedge was bare. It was nothing but bare sticks in the ground, and the lawn was covered with what the hedge was an hour earlier. However, about three months later, the hedge was lush and full. It was healthy and thriving because it received a much needed pruning. Pruning can look and feel like a disaster. Yet God works through the disaster to bring us closer to Jesus so people might see how Jesus bears fruit in our lives. God is our life-giving tree. He's promised to tend and care for us branches, and he will do what it takes for us to bear fruit. This includes the painful work of taking away the things that weigh us down. Temptations and Trials unrealistic hopes and ungrounded fears, undeserved wealth and unjust poverty, talent as well as neglected potential, and a thousand other things, even some people, can easily cut us off from the only source of life that is true for eternity. And so they may need to be pruned out of our lives. Jesus offered these promises to his disciples the night before his crucifixion. He knew they were about to be cut down by his crucifixion and death. The upcoming events could have been the end of the Jesus movement. And yet the early followers not only survived, they flourished. And the Jesus movement continues today some 2,000 years later. Let's stop and think for a moment. What has been pruned out of your life in the last five years? And what new fruit has Jesus produced in your life during that time? If you cannot think of anything, consider how often you've let the word of God cut into the depths of your life, leading to confession and cleansing, and then a more fruitful life. Then ask yourself, what in your life needs pruning out? What keeps Jesus from producing new fruit in your life today? And if you can think of some things, rejoice. The sharp-edged Word of God is working in you, pruning, purifying, and making alive. Your faith will not be quite the same next year as it is now you will have been pruned and you will be producing more fruit. Then we need to ask ourselves the same questions for our congregation. How are we being pruned and growing in our fruit bearing in this time and place? Are there habits, traditions or routines that need to go the wayside for the health and growth of the congregation? for the sake of the growth of the kingdom. Bearing fruit is risky business. It will reveal who we are and on whom and what we depend. It will expose our lack of self-sufficiency. It will show others that the best way is to be dependent. It is not the American way of life, but it is the kingdom of God way of life. So choose your vine and hang on for dear life, amen.